No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Boys and girls, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. It is Friday night, and you're live with another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you for joining us. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast right here on Nula. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. As always, we've got so much to get through and so little time. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course... Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. If you'd like to ring the bell and get some cheese, man, then you can do so. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. By following me on Twitter, at boogiebumper. Thank you so much for the subs. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you had a good week. Because my intention tonight is to walk you right to the edge of that cliff. (laughs) As we like to do here on the program. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Please, if you could, if you wouldn't mind, if you share the show out. I mean, you don't have to share the show out if you don't want to. I, I, I wouldn't do it if I were you. If you value your, you know, individual relationships with friends, families and whatnot, then definitely don't share the show out if you're a weird and lonely loser and you have no prospects for any kind of social interaction in the future whatsoever then by all means share it out but then of course nobody's going to see it because you don't have any friends so it's kind of like a catch-22 isn't it that's okay we do what we can here on the show (laughs) sound person's in the chat happy schizophrenic friday well happy friday to you too like i said so much to get through in so little time um in regards to the election thing, I don't have a lot of election stuff tonight. I do have some other stories which will definitely float your boat, which will tickle your pickle, which will make you probably want to race in and hug your children. So I hope you're prepared for that. I don't have a lot of election stuff tonight, but I do want to say this. I was tracking a story yesterday or maybe the day before. It was the DA of Michigan. You know the DA of Michigan? Great person. Great great DA there. Wonderful DA. And I've been taking a very, I've been very much taking an observational role in regards to recounts and court cases and people. I have been covering the corporate press, you know, in their attempts to move the conversation along, which, you know, it was an easy prediction to make. Of course, they're going to try to move the conversation along. As soon as Biden hit 270 in their projections, they were like, well, you know, let's let's talk. Now let's talk about who's going to be in the Joe Biden cabinet. Right. What are the first policies that Joe Biden's going to roll out? And, you know, (laughs) rather hilariously, when you lose all hope for the future, the first policies Joe Biden is going to roll out will be a national mask mandate. I'm not sure how that's going to (laughs) work. I'm pretty. I wonder if the state's rights will matter again. Remember how, remember how six months ago, whenever Donald Trump tried to do something, 
you know, like say, I don't know, stop a dangerous, violent and deadly riot from burning a city down. Remember that? Remember that little weird little thing that was going on? And when he said, well, you know, we're probably going to have to send some people in. If you can't take care of this on your own, we're going to have to send in some professionals. And then, of course, everybody's, oh, my God, states rights, states rights. You can't, you can't just come in here, Mr. President. Mr. President, who the hell do you think you are, sir? You're not welcome here. Mm. So states' rights were very important. But now, of course, Joe Biden and the team, the team, the crack squad, the committee, the, the focus group, They've decided a national mask mandate is the way to go. And I haven't heard one of these corporate media outlets even raise the the spectre of states' rights. Isn't that strange? Hang on, hang on. Excuse me, Mr. President-elect, Office of the President-elect. I thought we were really concerned about states having rights and being able to make their own rules for local cases because they know their populations far better than the removed federal government. I mean... You know, I'm sorry to say this, but I, and I could be wrong, but isn't that kind of tied into the whole American system to begin with? <laughs> that we don't trust the federal government because it's too far away? Isn't that why we have states rights, sir? So people can make their own rules according to what their local constituents need. Shut up, you racist. You conspiracy theorist. Shut up. Joe Biden has won. He will take the job and now you will do as you're told. Oh, okay. Thank you for thank you for keeping me safe. So I found that amusing, but I was watching the conversation regarding the Michigan DA. And like I said, I've been taking a very, you know, 10,000 feet view down to the battlefield on this one. I'm just waiting to see the way things play out. We are flying a reconnaissance plane over the battlefield. It's like, yeah, we think we've got some insurgents in the cave just near the ma- the mask mandate. Oh, look at that. There's a four to six week lockdown alert in Sector 7. That's kind of what we're doing here. And I was happy to take that role. And people have been, people either tell me I'm being too positive or too negative, depending on what day it is. So this is the role I was taking until maybe 24 hours ago. Until maybe 24 hours ago. And the statement from the DA of Michigan, she came out and said, that Donald Trump's court case alleging voter fraud insinuates that black people are corrupt. (laughs) Yes, yes. Do not adjust your speakers, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it correctly. (laughs) Taking, taking, Taking a case to court alleging that voter fraud has taken place is now racist. And when I saw that story, I was like, oh, there's definitely something here. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. It's a little bit like when when the corporate media comes out and says, you know, for example, just say an author releases a book. Now, I'm not a big book reading guy these days anymore. I do read like essays and shit like that. Not a big book guy. When the corporate media comes out and says, this book was written by a far right nationalist who believes in, you know, white supremacy. And I'm like, well, I have to put that on my list now. Because there's obviously something in that book that you don't want me to see. Like, I don't know. We're kind of used to the routine now. You know, if if, if one of these bodies comes out and accuses you of hating other people because they're brown, you can just, you guarantee, I would put that 
as a fucking recommendation. I would put that as a testimonial on my book. Hey guys, look at this. They called me a Nazi. You know it's good, <laughs> right? So when the DA comes out in Michigan and says court cases are racist, I'm like, well, I've got to see the details now. <laughs> winning TV with a diamond, dlive.tv slash winning TV. Late keeping tabs on Mersh and the Cartnarks. Yes, very important work being done there by winning TV. Thank you for joining us, sir. So as soon as they say it's racist, I'm like, well, there's got to be something to this. <laughs> so we'll wait and see how that plays out. Um, like I said, so much to get through, ladies and gentlemen, and so little time. Hug your children before you go to bed tonight. Oh, and just a quick little promo, by the way. Just a quick little promo. I will be appearing on Chimani's channel, ladies and gentlemen, tonight at 8 p.m. Pacific, which should be just before Pirate Radio with at RealPersonPLTCS, DLive.TV slash RealPersonPLTCS, uh, just before Joy of Pessy with uh, Nightwave. Nightwave. <laughs> Just <laughs> the new host of Nightwave, Joy of Pessy. Uh, just before Joy of Pessy at midnight, I think in maybe five hours from now, something like that. So if you just follow Chamani, ladies and gentlemen, Kitty B in the chat with the links. She's an absolute superstar. The links to Chamani there. We've been trying to tee it up for a while. So I will be on with Chamani tonight, 8 p.m. Pacific time. I don't know what that means in the real world, i.e. East Coast time, but oh, yeah, I'll be around. I'll be around. Uh, sure in a chat where? dlive.tv slash CHA money. One word. CHA money. Chum money. Good guy. Good guy. Tremendous guy. So a whole night's worth of entertainment for you to sink your teeth into. But before we get to any of that, do you remember earlier in this week, when I was talking to you about, I've been keeping an eye on the Democrats, right? I've been keeping an eye on their little internal squabbles, their little internal conversations. And they are now, ladies and gentlemen, openly tearing each other apart. Because this is what they do. Because Joe Biden represents a power vacuum and all the Democrats know it. He's not the strong leader. Like for all of Donald Trump's failings, you know, of which the corporate press would say there are many, one of the things that they have to admit is he got the Republican Party, put it in a headlock, gave it a nookie, and said, shut up and do what I tell you. You're going to do what I tell you. You're going you're gonna to push what I push. You're going to elect the candidates I want. Shut the hell up with that bullshit. We're not passing that. We're not doing this. Just fucking do your jobs. All right, there was a bit of that going on. And they admit it in the subtext of the criticism that they give of Donald Trump and the Republican Party by saying things like, Donald Trump has taken over the Trumpism has taken over the GOP. That's their way of saying that Donald Trump is not a power vacuum at the top of the party. The same dynamic does not exist for Joe Biden. With Joe Biden in, you have the moderates fighting the progressives and the progressives fighting the moderates and the communists fighting everyone because that's what they do all jockeying for power, all looking for their little slice, all looking for their little grip on the, on the levers, you know what I mean? They're all, you know, just kind of backbiting each other. This is happening in most Western countries with left-wing parties. Uh, you know, as you know on this show, ladies and gentlemen, I like to keep you abreast of what's happening here in Australia. This is only a very short little clip, and then we'll get into some truly sick and frightening stuff in regards to COVID-19. So <laughs> stick around. But I thought you may appreciate this just to see just to see the same track that all of these 
you know, political parties are going down at the exact same time. Have a look at this from the from the land down under, ladies and gentlemen. The resignation of a senior Labor frontbencher has exposed deep fractures in the party over its climate and energy policies. Today, Joel Fitzgibbon confirmed that his departure followed a heated exchange with his leader, Anthony Albanese. Ooh. You guys would have enjoyed a bit of colour and movement. If you want to see the future, study the past. Saw a guy in a go and a pop plate once, you might recall. <laughs> Joel Fitzgibbon has form in using the media to create a sense of chaos around Labor leaders, from Julia Gillard really dangerous. to Anthony Albanese. My mate. Now, so this guy, this is Joel Fitzgibbon. He's in the Labor Party. Now, the Labor Party is kind of like our Democrats. The basic makeup of the Labor Party, I'm sure, will sound, you know, somewhat similar to you, knowing what the Democrat Party is like. So... The way the Labor Party works here is we have the Liberal Party, which is not the Liberal that you think of when you say Liberal. Our Liberals mean classical Liberals. So the Liberal Party is the Conservatives, you know, the Libertarians, the classical Liberals, right? They're all kind of in that, in that you know, broad tent. The Labor Party represents, historically represented the union movement, right? That's, the, you know, the Labor movement, the Labor Party. Uh, and it also represents increasingly now in 2020... It represents the university educated inner city, right? You you know that kind of vibe. The professor, the uh, people who care about things like microaggressions, and it's increasingly gone down that way. Now, what was this guy's crime <laughs> in the Labor Party, which is supposed to represent historically the working class? Have you, incidentally, have you seen all the articles coming out this week? with different Democrat writers and stuff saying things like the Republican Party now represents the working class. Have you seen that little narrative, that little talking point getting around? Have you seen that? I've been saying the same thing in this country for a long time. That the Labor Party no longer represents the working class. That they have abolished, you know, their their ties to the working class in large respect in favour of the inner city intellectual, you know, hard left university tip. That's what they've been going for for the last 15, 20 years. Sound familiar? So what was this guy's crime? He was the shadow minister for energy, I think. I think. <clears throat> and he was forced to resign his post because he said to his leaders in the party, which is supposed to represent the working class, he said to his leaders that, Climate change policy and radical climate change policy is not popular with our voters. <laughs> that was his crime. His crime was saying to his party, we have lost the last two elections by running on like very, very green platforms. So obviously our voters are not particularly interested in that. Like, shouldn't we be protecting... The, shouldn't we be protecting the working class first? Shouldn't isn't that what we should focus on? And they forced him to resign. Off with his head! Off with his head! Isn't it one? Doesn't that sound familiar, huh?
Jane Albale and I have had some dust-ups. Today he confirmed an angry exchange with his leader over climate policy before he resigned from Labor's front bench. Our climate and energy policies have cost us two recent elections. He says he's not trying to force Anthony Albanese out. <laughs> he's able to bring the left back to the centre. But... <laughs> His hope was that he could bring the left back to the centre. <laughs> and, <laughs> and for this suggestion, in order to improve their chances at future elections, that they might bring the left back to the centre, he was summarily dismissed and forced to resign. <laughs> Don't ever change. Do not ever change, Labour Party. Oh my goodness. If if you don't believe in getting rid of all fossil fuels within the next 10 years, you, sir, need to get out of my office. Silly rabbit, says Marcus Flembrain. Silly man. He should have known. He should he should have known he's not allowed to air valid and truthful accusations during a party meeting. <laughs> He should know he's not there to represent the will of the people who vote for him. He should. These, I tell you what, these guys get elected to office and they think they can do whatever they want, don't they? Congratulations on winning the election. Now shut up and vote the way I tell you. <laughs> so reasonable. So good. All right. I just, I thought you'd like that because I see very similar things taking place with the left in the United States right now. With AOC jockeying, with Nancy Pelosi, they're all taking pot shots at each other. They will tear each, they will tear themselves apart within the first 12 months because like I said, Joe Biden is not a powerful figure. He is a black hole of power. He is a power vacuum. He will do what he's told. And so he, they, they all know that he'll do what he's told. So right now they're fighting for the right to tell him what to do. New South Wales continues virus-free streak with another day of zero local infections, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Another day. The vi the infection-free days just keep lining up, don't they? Look at that. Another success story. This one goes out to the people in the audience who pike up from time to time and say things like, well, Boogie, if we just follow the rules for another month, if we just have six more weeks of lockdown, then everything will be back to normal. Did you see that story early in the week? <laughs> Biden hasn't even moved his coffee cup into the White House kitchen yet. And they're already like, well, we're going to have four to six weeks of national lockdowns. Oh, oh good. Thank you, Mr. Biden. And and Twitter is alight with people like who who claim to be Democrats. You, you never know. There's probably a whole bunch of bodies out there. But uh, the people who claim to be Democrats say shit like, well, if I had have known that there was going to be another... If I had have known there was going to be another six-week lockdown, I never would have voted for the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I never would have voted for him if I knew he was going to lock the economy down. When did this? When did this idea come from? Why does this happen? Because people are fucking idiots. That's why. That's why it'll happen. Because people are stupid, and they will they will take their medicine, you know, 
They will eat what they have been given. And then this time tomorrow, they would have forgotten that they even had that opinion in the first place. I think it's a great idea. So New South Wales continues virus-free streak with another day of zero local infections. Ladies and gentlemen, that must mean it's all over. The state's virus-free streak has continued with New South Wales recording a sixth consecutive day of no local infections. By the way, New South Wales isn't a small place. I mean, the biggest city in New South Wales, the city I grew up in, the city I love, the city in which I live, is a city of five million fucking people. I mean... (laughs) To have zero infections at all in a city of 5 million people, I I imagine should be considered to be some kind of small fucking miracle. But to have zero infections for like a week? No, I mean, look at this. We must have have flattened the curve, right? Remember when they told us it's all about flattening the curve? We're just here to flatten the curve. I'm pretty sure now... If there's a mathematician or an engineer or somebody in the audience, maybe you can correct me on this one, but I was of the impression that flattening the curve to zero was probably about as flat as it's going to fucking get. It's about as flat as you can get a curve. Zero. <laughs> I mean, zero is literally the flat line. There's, there's no beeps. Zero. Not good enough. Deputy Chief <laughs> Deputy Chief Health Officer Dr. Jeremy McInerney said two previous cases were excluded after further assessment. So it's even getting better than we thought. But he reminded residents to remain vigilant, particularly in Mulvale, Rouse Hill and Bowral areas where traces of the COVID-19 have been detected in sewerage. We've still got COVID in. We still have COVID in your, in your feces, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm afraid we can't have too many people at the parties yet. And not until we check everybody's poops. Scott Morrison, dear leader Scott Morrison, our Prime Minister, says a national vaccination policy has been endorsed by the National Cabinet. This is what he said. Australia's national vaccination policy has been endorsed by the National Cabinet. It outlines that there will be a national system to monitor immunisation levels and, quote, ladies and gentlemen, individual vaccination status. You know what that means? Are you aware of what that means, ladies and gentlemen? It's not a conspiracy theory. I'll read it again. A national system to monitor immunisation levels and individual vaccination status. What does individual vaccination uh, vaccination status mean, ladies and gentlemen? It means you're going on a list. Thank you for keeping me safe. Thank you for keeping me safe. You are going on a vaccination list. Oh, yeah. Because here's the thing. When politicians and people keep saying this kind of shit to me over and over again. Politicians right now are saying there won't be a mandatory vaccination. Now, if you're new to this program, I will tell you that I personally am not an anti-vaxxer, right? I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but what I am anti is not having a choice, right? I am definitely anti-government forcing needles into people's arms against their will. I'm not in favour of that. Sorry. Not necessarily anti-vax, but definitely anti 
taking the option away from people. I don't think that's right. I don't think government should be doing that to people, to individual private citizens. But people tell me, you know, the government, Bergie, Bergie, you've got it all wrong, my friend. You've got it completely wrong. The government has already come out, the government that we love and protects us, the government has already come out and said there will be no mandatory vaccinations. Like, that's just a right-wing conspiracy theory. But to them, I say simply, yes, the government will say that there's no mandatory vaccinations until they say the opposite. Like every other thing government does, which is unpopular. Remember when they said to you, there will be no gay marriage? And they said there will be no gay marriage. On the left and the right, Democrats were saying it too. So Republicans were saying it, Democrats were saying it, all the politicians were saying it. There will be no gay marriage. They said that right up until the time when they said there will be gay marriage. And then there was. (laughs) They said, we will not go to war. We will not go to war. We will not go to war until they went to war. They say, there will be no tax raises. There will be no tax rise. There will be no increased taxation until they say there is. What are you missing here? So for, you know, people in the chat and friends and people who reach out to me privately, and, you know, I don't know why, if you're going to reach out to me privately and argue with me, that's fine. You can do it in the chat. People here are very friendly. I'm very friendly. I will I will address your concerns. Dissenters go straight to the head of the queue, as you know. So people who reach out to me and say, well, no, actually, actually, Boogie, the government has already come out and said that they are not going to be doing that. Yes, and I'm sure that this time it'll be different. This time they mean it. (laughs) God bless your hearts. God bless your little hearts. They already said they're not going to do it, Boogie. Yes, they will say they're not doing it until they fucking do it. And then that's when you'll turn around and tell me that they always said they were going to do it. Stop being a conspiracy theorist, bro. (laughs) So, uh, an individual vaccination status. Well, before you make uh, vaccines mandatory, it would be better if you had a list of all the people that don't have it, right? Right. So part of the new rollout of the vaccine, the new rollout, the national vaccination policy is we're not going to make anybody take it. However, if you refuse to take it, you will go on a list. (laughs) Well, that sounds great. Nothing ever bad comes from being put on a list by government. They're doing it to keep me safe. They're protecting me. Thank you for keeping me safe. Fantastic. Let's go around let's go around the scoreboard here. Let's do a little bit of ESPN style coverage, ladies and gentlemen. To the great nation of Greece. We love our Greeks here in this country. We have a proud tradition of bringing Greek immigrants over, having them build vital infrastructure and then demanding that they cook us uh, souvlaki. So we love our Greeks. We love our wogs here in this in this place. Uh, new coronavirus lockdown in Greece requires people to text the authorities before leaving home. It'll never happen here. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Government. Hi, it's Boogie. I'm just uh, ducking out for some milk right now. Is that okay with you? Or... Is that okay? Do you mind? I have to go and pick up my kid from soccer practice. I hope you don't mind. 
Can I get the green light, please, Mr. Government? Make sure you text Daddy Government before leaving. Call us when you get home, too, so we can know that you're okay. They're protecting me. <laughs> it's all about protection. <laughs> Under a second nationwide coronavirus lockdown in Greece, people will need to text the authorities before they leave home. The lockdown will start at daybreak Saturday and last until the end of the month. It's just one month! <laughs> just one more month, guys! Come on! Look, I know I know this is a little bit annoying, but please just do just follow the rules just for one more month, and then I promise you, everything will be back to normal. Back to normal. What are you worried about? You know, you don't want to be a dissenter now, do you? Just follow the rules and everything will be fine. <laughs> Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakos. Ilsa Jane with the diamond and we'll need to see your receipt, Boogie. Yes, your receipt. Maybe we should have the receipt tattooed on your arm somewhere. Maybe. Oh, well, you know, let's not go that far. We're working with Apple. And Microsoft, you know, Microsoft, Apple, Google, Amazon, that looks like MAGA to me. We're working with Google and other tech companies to make sure that we have the best tracking system, the best tracing system in the world. It's going to be so much better than China's. It's about keeping people safe. I'm working for you. Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis, wherever you say it, said he acted before patients overwhelm hospitals. See, now, now they're taking your freedom away proactively. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have to remove people's freedom before something bad happens. That will keep everybody safe. I've said this before and I say it again and I stand by it. If you are of the opinion that we should remove people's freedom before they do something in order to keep everybody safe, why don't we just put everybody in prison? Literally. Let's build a nice big fucking giant prison somewhere. Uh, there's a whole bunch of space out in Siberia that's not getting used. We have internal heating now. It won't be that bad. You'll have heated beds and heated floors. We'll take care of it. We'll protect you. And we'll just lock everybody in a one-by-one -one cell for the rest of their life until they die in order to protect them. You'll get fed, right? They'll choose what you get to watch on TV. They'll make you comfortable we'll just imprison everybody with the assumption we'll imprison everybody to prevent them from breaking laws in the future because that's what we're doing now so why not why not ramp it up why not embrace the policy lean into it what have you got to lose at this point exactly eliza in the chat it'll be like a five-star prison guys okay it's not even going to be that bad we must stop this wave, Mitsakakos said on Thursday. I chose once again to take drast drastic measures sooner rather than later. As part of the lockdown, all retail stores except those are selling essential items such as food, medication and fuel will be closed. Minister of Fun Kimmy with a diamond, will you sing to me in the gulag? Well, yes, but we'll all be singing. You'll have to have fun in the gulag. I've said to you before, you know, I'm not here to try and help you, you know, save your country. If you want to save the world and wake people up and stuff, that's a very fruitful endeavor. I wish you all the best. God bless. You have my blessing. Go for it. But here 
on this show, what we're doing is just collecting amusing stories so we that we can tell each other while we're in the gulag. You know, we're collecting articles and we're like, hey, do you remember when the Greek government made everybody text before they could leave home? Yeah, that was great. Winning TV with a diamond. I will sing to you, Kimmy, for some SIGs in trade. Prison currency. So we're just collecting stories. Hey, remember when the Greek government said you're not allowed to leave your home unless unless you text a government official first? Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> and it'll take our mind off our starvation and malnourishment in the gulag, at least for an afternoon. That's what I'm hoping for. It's as good as it gets. <laughs> Travel inside the country will be severely restricted. Good. Thank you for keeping me safe. People will only about to leave, be allowed to leave their homes for work, physical exercise, or medical reasons after sending a text message to authorities, ladies and gentlemen. In the text to the five-digit number, people will have to provide their name, their address, and the reason they need to leave their home. Gonna let that settle in. It'll never happen here. It'll never happen here. That's that's what those that's what those crazy Mediterranean Europeans are doing. It'll never happen here. <clears throat> I've already shown. I've already been talking about the move that, you know, what's going to happen next. What's what's planned. What's in the pipeline. Eventually, you won't be able to go to the supermarket. You won't be able to go to sporting. You already can't go to sporting events without signing in. Your name, your address, scan this code. Thank you very much. If anything happens, we'll be in touch to tell you that you're not allowed to leave your home for two weeks via text message. Foolproof. Foolproof system. So the Greeks, God bless them, they're very based. The Greeks have just gone one step further. They say, well, you know what? You're not even allowed outside your front door without checking in your details. How about that? How do you like that? Look how safe we're keeping people over here. Greece must be the safest fucking country on planet Earth. <laughs> You're not allowed out your own front door without alerting the authorities. You Give me your name, your address. It is the digital 21st century version of may I see your papers. Don't let the technology fool you into thinking otherwise. This is no different from a man with an AK-47 in the 1940s walking up to you at a bus stop and saying, I need to see your papers, please, sir. We need to see your papers. And, and what is the reason for you uh, leaving your home today? Hmm? Hmm? Do you have a good reason? Did you clear this with the uh, local established... Did, did you clear this with the local authorities yet? Or? I'm going to have to call my supervisor make sure you have clearance to be out here, sir. It's just the 21st century digital version of that. People will only be allowed to leave their homes for work, physical exercise, this is the article, or medical reasons, and only after sending a text message to authorities in the text to the five-digit number, people will have to provide their name, address, and the reason why they need to leave their home. Thank you for keeping me safe. Thank you for keeping me safe. Well, lucky, ladies and gentlemen, lucky there's a real leader coming into power. Hmm? 
You know, if I had known that Joe Biden was going to lock down the economy for four to six weeks, I never would have voted for the guy. I had no idea. You know, I'm a very political person. I like to follow the news as much as possible, and I've been following all of the news channels during this election cycle, so I know that Joe Biden is really a well-meaning, kindly old man who's going to be tough on China and who's going to eradicate coronavirus because he protects us. And as we reported, the Trump administration continues to block the Biden-Harris transition team's access to federal agencies uh. and funds. Now Biden's future White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain says the delayed transition could hamper the coronavirus oh. vaccine preparations. <laughs> here's here's the thing for you. Like I said, um, I've been taking a, an observational role when it comes to the recounts and the court cases and all of that kind of malarkey. All of that kind of malarkey, Jack. <clears throat> Up until the Michigan DA came out and said that the court case alleging voter fraud is racist, and then I was like, well, we need to have a deeper look at this now. You fucked it up now. <laughs> there goes your camouflage. Once you start saying that things are racist, I'm like, well, he's probably got a point. Let's investigate. <laughs> but here's the other thing. Just say that Donald Trump, like, loses just, and, you know, how about this? Let's take the ultra-cynical view, just put this on the table. What if this is all just about making life as difficult as possible for the Democrats? At which point the corporate media and Democrats you know and Democrat politicians will come out and say, you can't do that. And I say, of course you can. <laughs> of course you can. It's expected that you do that. There is a lot of myths, a lot of bullshit that people like to talk about. For example, when Donald Trump won the election and, and remember that footage of Barack Obama sitting there and Barack Obama saying, my main concern, my main aim is to make the transition of power as smooth as possible. We have a long tradition in this country of making sure that these kinds of handovers are done uh, with re responsibility and all care taken to ensure the continuity of government for the American people and the people around the world. Yeah, yeah, and people like send me this and go, look, look, Barack Obama handed over power. And I'm like, yes, that's what he said. That's what he said to the camera. You, you don't believe that he was actually doing Trump favors, do you? Wouldn't that mean that he's also working for a Russian plant? You idiot. The difference between Trump and Obama is Obama will sit there and just lie openly to your face and say that he's going to make it easy, right? Um, we're going to make we're going to make the transfer of power very easy because it's all about the transfer of power. And then behind the scenes, he's going to do everything he can, everything in his power to do the exact opposite and fuck it up and make it difficult. I don't, I don't even blame him. That's what I expect people to do. There were reports coming out after Trump won the election in 2016 of like documents going missing, things getting shredded. People couldn't find like basic information in the system. They were deleting hard drives and stuff, just whatever they could to make it as difficult as possible for the transition team. The difference is with, you know, between Biden, uh, pardon me, with Obama and Trump is Trump will say, no, why should I do these fuckers any favors? Why should I help them? <laughs> I'm still in this. I'm still in this house till January. You just fucking wait outside, Joe. I'll get to you, okay? <laughs> of course he's going to do that. Of course he's going to do that. Why would you expect otherwise? But of course, now we know 
the rewriting of history has begun. So the last four years never happened, right? The last four years never took place. We read the report on Wednesday from Bloomberg. For the first time in American history, people are trying to taint the election. <laughs> they, really, they really are just pissing in your face at this point. This has never happened before. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> people are trying to... People are, people are questioning the election result. What the hell is this? What the hell is this behaviour? Where did this come from? I've never heard of this before. I've been covering politics for 45 years. I've never seen a, a, an election result be tainted before. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. <laughs> Let's carry on. So CNN's Jessica Dean now reports. Jessica Dean. Hey! President-elect Joe Biden spending today at his Delaware Beach house meeting yeah. with transition advisors, nice. taking what advisors describe as his notoriously deliberative approach as he considers potential cabinet nominees. Notoriously deliberative. Notoriously. It's like one of those bullshit things when the manager sits you down and says, what would what would you say are some of your, you know, not so strong points? And it's like, well, I am addicted to work, you know. I really need to address that. You know, I have many shortcomings uh, that I'm aware of. First of all, I just, I'm so addicted to work and I'll do whatever it takes to get the project done, you know. Like, I, I'm almost too, I'm 100% hyper-focused on being the best employee that you could possibly hire. That's a, And, you know, I take responsibility for that. What would you say? What would you say are some of your more negative personal qualities? Well, I do. I do have this habit of working for less pay than anybody else and working twice as hard. You know. You know, I'm notoriously reliable. It's, it's so annoying. I know. I need to work on myself. I really do. <laughs> He's notoriously deliberative. He's notoriously competent. We're charging ahead. Exactly, Jim Edward. I care too much. During a virtual briefing, Biden's transition team offering assurances the transition process is moving ahead, oh, good. even as they continue to wait for the General Services... The COVID-19 Advisory Council. He hasn't even got the job yet, and he's already giving bureaucrats fucking jobs. That's, that's good, isn't it? <laughs> he hasn't even moved in yet. We've already got an advisory council to trigger the official transition process. Uh, We're not interested in having a food fight with uh, the GSA administrator or anyone, really. We just want to get access to intelligence information, to threat assessments, to uh, the ongoing work on COVID uh, so that we can prepare to govern. The team mm -hmm. confirmed they've been in contact with specific representatives from a number of agencies. We've been in regular... Mr. Mr. Trump. Mr. Trump, Joe Biden's on the phone again. He wants you to send over the latest COVID-19 projections. Hey, I'll take this. Hey, Joe. How you doing, Joe? Joe, yeah, no, I sent it already. Just wait by the mailbox. It should be arriving any day now. I already sent it. No, Joe, 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 Joe. Slow down, buddy. Don't accuse me of that kind of thing, Joe. Joe, I will give you access to the papers here in the White House when I leave the White House, okay? I'm going to be president until January, Joe. I've already sent over the COVID numbers. Maybe you should ask your secretary, Joe. Do you trust your secretary, Joe?
voice of reason with the diamond. Thank you for joining us, sir. Singing yo ho ho and a COVID life for me. Well, they, you got to be positive, right? Their contact with uh, federal career officials who are uh-huh. tasked with oh, administering transitions, who are yes. uh, nonpartisan uh, career experts on the on transitions, including at GSA. Aides say Biden has contenders in mind for nearly all of the cabinet positions, mm-hmm. but they are trying to be deliberate. deliberate. As one former you mean you mean notoriously deliberate. Notoriously deliberate. You know, my problem is I just I just work too damn hard. It's too damn hard. You know, my problem is I'm just too dedicated to my work. <laughs> I'm just notoriously deliberate. Your Obama official advising the Biden transition told CNN, quote, there is no room for any embarrassments. Too late. <laughs> serious? Serious? Some, wait, somebody, somebody working with Joe Biden says there's no room for any embarrassments. Didn't we just see his son fucking young women on webcam smoking crack? <laughs> there's no room for any embarrassments in, in this administration. Now look at my son's penis. As as if as if there as if there isn't room for embarrassment. People don't even care. People don't care. You can be smoking crack with a with a with a woman of questionable age riding your dick on a live stream, and people go like, eh, I don't care. At least it's not Trump. <laughs> <laughs> There's no room for any embarrassment. Exactly. How about a foot job then, Mr. President? Can we film it for the Chinese? Yes, of course we can. These idiots don't care. We can do whatever the hell we want now. Meantime, in his first interview since uh-huh. Biden named him chief of staff, Ron Klain said Thursday night Biden will issue a national mask mandate on his first day in office. Mr. Klain. And install a White House COVID coordinator. Oh, what's hang on. What are we going to do on the first day? Tell us, the is that guy walking around with the Iron Man? Oh, my God. <laughs> it, looks, it looks like he's got the little, the Iron Man thing, you know, the, the battery that Tony Stark has on his chest. It looks like he's got one of those, like, iron-on things on just a regular black shirt. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that got me. Like, I see that and I just feel like, you know, when people wear a Superman shirt, I just feel like walking up to them and punching them in the chest. <laughs> I'm like, nah, it's not him. <laughs> not him. I just won 20 bucks. <laughs> just walk up to him and fucking smack him in the face. Oh, no, it's not him. Ilsa Jane with the diamond. Deliberative? Is that even a word? It is now. It is now. We're rewriting the English language on a daily basis. Okay, let's see what the plan is. Day one. I want to see the plan for day one. Come on now. He's Remember, he's he's so deliberative. Meantime, in his first interview since Biden named him chief of staff, Ron Klain said Thursday night, Biden will issue a national mask mandate on his first day in office. Yay! 
if I'd have known this, I never would have voted for the guy. Fauci says US has independent spirit, but now is the time to do what you're told. <laughs> It'll never happen here. Look, I love freedom just as much as the next guy, but there comes a time in the life cycle of freedom when you just need to do what you're told or we're going to throw you in prison. You know, freedom has its limits, doesn't it, really? I hope, Hopefully they make me text the authorities before I leave my home saying who I am, where I live, and my reason for going outside. Maybe that would be good. It'll never happen here. That's what they do in those crazy countries like Greece. Thank you for Thank coming. Thank you for coming. I'll, I'll see you in hell. hell. That's what they do in those crazy Mediterranean countries. It'll never happen here. Countries like America have had challenges encouraging people to follow public health measures. <laughs> Remember that big spiel we went on on Wednesday when I was talking about the rape of the English language? If you miss Wednesday's show, go back. It's in the replays. Download the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, the rape of the English language. Where the style guide came out and said, well, the, here's a list of words we don't want you to use because they're offensive. And somebody defending the style guide said, it's not about policing language. It's about ensuring consistency amongst member organizations. <laughs> to which I would reply, okay, how do you ensure consistency? Um, by policing language. Of course. Of course, you idiot. Don't be a conspiracy theorist. You know, there are workers in the left-hand lane. Please merge right. Gets replaced by, please observe tunnel signage to facilitate safe maintenance activities. So here you go again. Here's another example. You, you've got to be vigilant with this shit because it's a sentence-to-sentence -sentence deal here. The rape and manipulation of the English language. I was actually thinking about this last night. I was watching some movie, and for some reason, whatever they did in the movie reminded me, and I think it's an Orwell Thing, and I'm, I'm going to absolutely butcher this quote because I always do. But Orwell, in his essay called Politics in the English Language, which is still relevant today, it was written, you know, what, 70 years ago? It's still relevant today. Basically, the argument made in that essay is that all political speech is an attempt to make the, you know, the awful sound acceptable. Right? So, you know, we're not we're not bombing villages full of you know women and children. We are ensuring our interests in the region, right? Do you get what I'm saying here? You know we're not shooting unarmed prisoners. We're neutralizing a threat, like shit like that. Basically, that's the point of political speech: is to make the grotesque sound acceptable. So I'll read, with that in mind, I'll read that again. Quote, countries like America have had challenges encouraging people to follow public health measures. <laughs> challenges. See, we don't have problems, we have challenges. White House coronavirus advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci thinks that Americans have an independent spirit, but there are times when it's in our best interest to follow the rules. You got to follow the rules. We hope. By the time we get into the second quarter of 2021, we will have enough vaccine that we will have progressively vaccinated people so that when we get April, May, June, we'll be able to get 
people in the general population starting to get vaccinated. So a guy like me who's not in a particular high-risk right. level, middle of the year, you think? Yeah, I would think probably by anywhere between the end of the first quarter and the end of the second quarter. Yeah. So then we have the problem of the people who say they will not or probably will not take the vaccine. And that number has actually increased rather right. than decreased in the past six months or so. Um, I think for the people who are resistant because they didn't trust what anybody was saying, you talked about that, that, right. that showing an early efficacy of these right. trials. But, but the people who just think, no, I don't want to take a vaccine. I don't want anybody to tell me to take a vaccine. How do, you, how do, you, how do we move the needle on that? Well, <laughs> nice choice of analogy, Barry. How do we move the needle on the anti-vaxxers? <laughs> I'm sure it was accidental. Sometimes the universe just aligns, doesn't it? There is no way that that guy, you know, made that reference on purpose. So it's probably just a, a like a verbal crutch that he has, like a saying that he uses. How do we, you know, Dr. Fauci, there's been a lot of talk recently about these people who, for whatever reason, I don't know, there's some fucking kind of lunatics out there, these crazy loons out there, who are not necessarily trusting enough of the government to be held down and have a needle stuck in their arm. How, how do we move the needle on those folks? <laughs> how do we move the needle? On the people who don't want the vaccination. <laughs> Fantastic. Accidental punny guy. Early efficacy of these right. trials. How but, do we but move the people the who just think, no, I don't want to take a vaccine. I don't want anybody to tell me to take a vaccine. Uh-huh. How, do you, how, do you, how do we move the needle on that? Well, you've got, you've got to continually try and outreach them and do what we call community engagement. I mean, there are going to be... You've got, you got to do this thing called community engagement. Basically, what we're going to do is tell them how they we're going to keep you safe. We're going to protect you. Only crazy conspiracy theorists don't take it. And then we're going to move the needle on them. We're going to slowly convince you. Be a core of people who will not take a vaccine no matter what you do. I don't think you should give up on them, but I don't think you should necessarily expect. But there's a larger group of people who just probably have misinformation uh, and don't understand the process. You're just ignorant. <laughs> you're just too stupid to get it. That's what it is. You know, you've got all this misinformation. You've got all of this weird misinformation. Like, for example, you know, I know a whole bunch of people who are concerned that previously, in order to get a vaccine, has taken, you know, four, five, six, even ten years sometimes to make sure they go through the appropriate testing. And this vaccine has only been in the works for around 18 months. Now, there's a lot of misinformation out there that leads people to being somewhat suspicious of this. What we have to we have to reach out to them and say, no, no, you're just a stupid person. <laughs> you're just ignorant. You're just ignorant. You've got misinformation. You've been lied to. People, hey, Fox News has been filling your head with poison, basically. Okay. There's no, need to, there's no need to be cautious. There's no need to be sceptical. There's no need to be, mm, I, I'm not sure about this. You know, all things considered, I'm not sure if I'm a fan of this particular drive. No, don't be silly. Don't be silly. Of course it's okay. Of course it's okay. And what we've been trying to do, uh-huh. myself, Dr. Collins, and others, yes. we've been trying to explain clearly yeah. what the process is. Good fucking job, because I remember when you came out and said there's no need to wear a mask. <laughs> Remember that?
what I've been trying to do, my job here, is I've just been trying to explain to people that, you know, trying to make it clear, trying to make the process clear. You know, there's no need to wear a mask. <laughs> Six weeks later, he's like, everybody needs to be wearing a mask, okay? Good job keeping it clear. Thank you for the transparent process, sir. Of making a decision that a vaccine is safe and yeah. effective. Yeah. It's an orderly process. Orderly. It's, it's very done orderly. by independent groups. Independent groups. <laughs> we love independent groups here on the show. I like, like, you know, our experience with independent groups uh, goes to things like the Facebook independent fact checkers, people like the Bipartisan Policy Center, who are clearly bipartisan because it's in the name. They wouldn't say they were bipartisan if they weren't bipartisan, Boogie. Stop being a damn conspiracy theorist. Of course they're independent. That have no allegiance to an administration or to a company no. or to anyone. Yeah, they, they, they have no allegiance to anyone. That's the one I want sticking fucking things in me. <laughs> I absolutely want to be medicated by the guy who has no allegiance to anyone. Yeah, they, they, what they are, they, they don't have an allegiance to a political party or any governments or anybody. They don't have an allegiance to anybody. What they are is basically angels walking amongst us. You know, I saw one of them, a rainbow was shooting out of his asshole one day. I swear to God, they are basically like Jesus fucking Christ, these people. They just have hearts of gold. They have no agendas. They got no allegiance to nobody. All right? They're just walking around in their robes. They're just trying to help people. They're just they're just good people who just want to help people. They just want to protect you. They got no allegiance. They don't even get paid for this shit. They're just doing it for free because they love you. Thank you for keeping me safe, Mr. Government. They make that decision. They look at the data uh -huh. and determine is it safe and effective. They're so then good. there are layers of advisory committees. There's layers of advisory committees. <laughs> One one committee is not enough for some people, right? You know, when you're a bureaucrat, you can have an advisory committee, but who's going to advise the advisory committee? <laughs> you know, I've got no idea how government spends so much fucking money every year. Where's all this money going? So we got the advisory committee and then we're going to have another layer of an advisory committee and then another committee on top of that committee. I mean, what what is there to be concerned about? The career scientists at the FDA that uh, I trust. Yeah. There's the scientists like myself and Dr. Collins who will be looking at the data. So it's going to be a very transparent process. Very. Yes, because Big Pharma is so transparent. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Big Pharma's going to open the books to put your mind at ease. Isn't it great? It's going to be so transparent. We've got half a dozen fucking committees. <laughs> Every, everything knows that bureaucracy is transparent when you have six of them. What's the problem? What could possibly go wrong? I think people who are anti-vax fully appreciate uh, how transparent that process really? is. Really? 
they may think there's something that's being hidden. People are trying to put something over on them. We need to reach out to them yeah. and make them realize that that's not the case. Yeah. And it's to their benefit and the benefit of society to get vaccinated. It's for your benefit, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, good. Ticketmaster developing plan for event organizers to implement COVID-19 vaccine testing guidelines. And I used to say things like, well, I hate to tell you, uh, I hate to say I told you so, but I no longer think that now. Now I love saying I told you so because it's really, it's all I have left in my pathetic life. I told you so. What have we been saying? For how many months have we been saying on this show? You know, it starts with signing in at the restaurant and then you won't, they won't force you to have the vaccine. They're not going to make, they're not going to make the mandatory vaccine, uh, man, pardon me. They're not going to make the vaccine mandatory, but what they will say is, Hey, we're not going to force you to get vaccinated. But if you want to go to work, go to concerts, go to sporting events, go to restaurants, go to supermarkets, catch public transport, or even walk outside your own home, then I'm afraid you're going to have to be vaccinated. <laughs> we're not making you do it. We're not making you do anything. But if you want to do things, then we're going to have to make you do it. <laughs> and millions of people will go, ah, that sounds like a great idea. Because people are idiots. While the industry has gone to great inventive lengths to survive in the age of social distancing, it has been clear since the beginning of the pandemic that live music would not be able to return to the old normal. Lady of Diamonds Gypsy with the diamond. Where did you steal the diamond gypsy? My body, my choice. Well, that's where you're wrong, patriot. You love your country, don't you? You love your country. If you love your country, get the vaccine. <laughs> maybe maybe if we put little American flags on the vials of the vaccine, all of a sudden people will be like, yes, we'll call it patriot juice. Freedom juice. <laughs> Take your freedom juice and then you can go outside again. It'll be wonderful. That's how we'll get that's how we'll get all those conspiracy theorist anti-vaxxers who the poor little souls are just so confused and poisoned with misinformation. They're just ignorant to how trans transparent the process really is. I mean, look, we've got seven committees running this. What don't you understand? Freedom serum, exactly. We'll call it freedom serum. We'll say we're not making you get the freedom serum, but if you want to go outside and have a job and catch public transport and get on a plane and go to concerts and go to the supermarkets and go to the restaurants, then you're going to have to take your freedom serum. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. That's what that's what I'd be doing. Oh, <laughs> uh, where were we? Pardon me. Uh, it has been clear since the beginning of the pandemic that live music would not be able to return to any semblance of the quote-unquote old normal until the coronavirus is effectively contained. Pharmaceutical company Pfizer delivered some promising news on that front when it announced that an early analysis of its coronavirus vaccine trial suggested the vaccine was robustly effective in preventing COVID-19. A report by Billboard on Wednesday outlined what ticketing giant Ticketmaster is doing to develop a quote. Now, what did I just say about language being used to make bad things sound acceptable? What, 10 minutes ago, right? Keep that in mind. <laughs> Keep that in mind when you read this stuff. This is the quote from Ticketmaster. We are working hard to develop, quote, a framework for post-pandemic fan safety. 
Develop a framework for post-pandemic fan safety that uses smartphones to verify fans' vaccination status, whether they've tested negative for the coronavirus within a 72-hour window. Thank you for keeping me safe, Ticketmaster. Thank you for keeping me safe. I remember the good old days when the biggest threat you had of catching a virus was having sex with some stinky glow stick waving girl with bunny ears on when you went to a live music event. That was the thing you had to be worried about. Imagine imagine if we started rolling out these kinds of things for all of the transferable diseases you can get at a concert. I'm sorry young lady before you sign in to uh, um, before you sign in to come into this concert can you please scan your phone to confirm that you haven't sucked any random dicks in an alleyway out the back of the bar to, in the last 72 hours? Can you make sure? We just want to keep people safe. <laughs> the plan per billboard would be comprised of three main components. The Ticketmaster digital ticket app, third-party health organ uh, companies like Clear Health Pass or IBM's Digital Health Pass... Remember, we've covered the health pass companies before on the show. That's been happening now. That's been in the works for about six months. And who was funding the particular uh, health pass that we were covering on the show, what, two weeks ago? Ah, no one, no one special. The, uh, it's the Rothschilds. <laughs> nobody, nobody in particular. Nobody in particular. <laughs> Look away. Look away. Go back to bed, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing to see here. Thank you for keeping me safe. The vaccine testing framework technology being discussed would be offered by Ticketmaster as an option for individual event organisers on a case-by-case basis. The general goal of the system, according to the report, is to, quote, is for fans to take care of vaccines and testing prior to the concert and not show up hoping to be tested on site. We're keeping you safe. And one more here just before we go to our break. I'm not sick. I'm not sick of saying it. I told you so. Ladies and gentlemen, from the great nation of the UK, anti-vaxxers could be banned from going to work if they refuse the COVID jab. Thank you for keeping me safe. Thank you for keeping me safe. People who refuse to get the coronavirus vaccine may face being banned from pubs, restaurants, and even their places of work, according to a senior MP. What was it, about a month ago when we outlined that this was the move that they were going to take? Was it roughly about a month ago? No, actually, pardon me, it's been for the last nine months, we've been saying this. The last nine months, we've been saying this. Over and over and over and over. Amid fears a small but vocal anti-vaxxer lobby in the UK may convince more people not to sign up for the jab, we need to reach out. They're ignorant. Conservative Tom Tudgenhat, which is a wonderful name for a politician, Tom Tudgenhat, has warned those who reject it may find it hard to return to normal life. Remember when we told you that the 
the equation that you would be given, ladies and gentlemen, would be, hey, if you want things to go back to normal, then you're going to have to take the vaccine. The only way to get back to normal is by having the vaccine rolled out. We're not going to make you take the vaccine, but if you want to have a normal life, then you're going to have to take the vaccine. Remember that? And yes, Lou Ferrigno correctly points out in the chat, conservative government. Conservative. Minister of Fun, Kimmy with a diamond. Uh, you've actually been saying this for years. Yes, I know, but I try to keep it topical. You know, there's a lot of misinformation swirling around out there. <laughs> Speaking to HuffPost UK Commons People podcast, Mr. Tudgenhat said he would certainly see the day when people weren't allowed into the office until they could prove they've had the vaccine. Quote again. Mr. Tudgenhat said he could certainly see the day when people weren't allowed into the office until they could prove they've had the vaccine. We're not going to make you get the vaccine, but if you want to have a job, you'll have to take the vaccine. Venues may also demand to see vaccination certificates on the door before people are allowed inside, he said. In other words, may I please see your papers? Please present your papers, young man. We will not let you inside the establishment until you show us your papers. He added, if vaccination works and if we're confident it's safe, thank you for keeping me safe, and all indications so far are good, then I certainly see the day when businesses say, look, you've got to return to the office and if you're not vaccinated, you're not coming in. And this is exactly what we said on this show. It's exactly what we said would happen. <clears throat> you know, when they when people were telling me, Boogie, there's no, they're not going to be able to police, uh, you know, COVID health guidelines. There's too much to police. I said to you, look, they won't have to police it. They'll just make people police it themselves. And so then what happened? You know, a month later? Governments start coming out with rules and, you know, guidelines and saying, if you don't ensure COVID safe guidelines in your place of business, then we'll shut your business down. We'll take it away from you. And then they'll just take it away from you anyway. And, you know, whenever I talk about vaccines, there's always some idiot who comes in and said, uh, the government said that they're not going to make it mandatory. And I'm like, yeah, they don't have to make it mandatory. They'll just say to you, we're not making you do it, but if you want to go outside, catch public transport, go into a supermarket, eat at a restaurant, go to a nightclub, go to a concert, go to a sporting event, have a fucking job, then they'll say, well, I'm afraid you have to take the vaccine. And, you know, get ready, get ready for this, because I told you this would happen a few weeks ago. Get ready for the next step being like insurance companies. Because insurance companies, you, you might say, well, I've got a patriot boss and there's no way that my boss is going to make me get the vaccine. And you might be right. As of this moment, you might be right. But how long is he going to stick to that when the insurance company comes around and says, hey, look, if you don't have everybody in this workplace vaccinated, then I'm afraid we're going to have to raise your premiums by 200% because it's too risky. How long, how long do you think he's do you think he's going to protect? Do you think the business owner is going to protect your freedom or go broke? 
Do you think he wants to go bankrupt to protect you? <laughs> or is he going to say, well, I don't like doing it. I don't want to do it, but I'm afraid I have no choice because otherwise we won't be able to afford the insurance. And then a whole bunch of people, I don't even blame them. A whole bunch of people are going to, because remember, this is on the back of there's going to be more lockdowns, more lockdowns, more lockdowns, right? So people are going to be losing their fucking jobs. Now is not the time to be in between jobs. Now is the time to make sure that you are locked in, ensconced in whatever workplace you're in. Hang on to it for grim fucking death because you don't know what the future holds. You don't know if your job is going to be viable six months from now. So consider this. Three months from now, four months from now, six months from now, whatever it is. More lockdowns, more lockdowns. Vaccines, vaccines are coming out. Vaccines are coming out. Insurance companies start saying to businesses, hey, if you don't if you don't make sure everybody's vaccinated and we can't can't give you the cheap insurance, oh okay, well I guess I better guess I better put in some kind of policy then. And in this environment of unemployment and people losing their jobs, you then, the worker, get presented with a choice. Where your employer is going to say to you, look, I I respect your decision to not get it, but unfortunately, if you don't take the vaccine and prove it on the app, if you don't bring in your certificate, then I'm going to have to fire you because I don't have a choice. And if you don't want the fucking job, there's 500 other assholes waiting outside the front door who just lost their job last week, who will, who will do anything to get paid, who will do anything for, to get a job right now. And, you know, I wouldn't even blame people if at that point saying, you know what, I don't really like all this. I don't really like where this is going, <clears throat> but I, I need to put food on the table. I need to pay the mortgage. I need to pay off the car loan. I'm like, what choice do I have? Nobody else is hiring right now. There's 30 million unemployed. What am I, what am I supposed to do? You couldn't even blame people for that at that point. And, you know, in the space of nine months, 12 months by the time this all starts kicking off, we will have been successfully wedged into a point where you have no choice effectively. Your choice will be to do what you're told, like Dr. Fauci said. You know, independents have an ind- Americans have an independent spirit, but now it's time to shut up and do what you're told. The choice will be do what you're told or go and live in a fucking cave somewhere like an Al-Qaeda militant. And who can blame people for taking the choice, really, at the end of the day? So with that, ladies and gentlemen, we've got so much more to get through in the second half of the program. Thank you for joining us. You're on the Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. See you soon. Ian Michael, Glass Art, head of the British Garage Door Repairers and Glassmakers Association, Lord Clarence Cobblepot. Well, I, I truly have uh, no uh, hesitations in suggesting Ian Michael is a visionary, uh, possibly the most uh, wonderful, talented glassmaker we've ever seen you know, of this generation. Uh, I recommend him to all of our... Our, our service members and all of our, our union members require only the best in quality. 
Ian Michael Glass Art, not just dildos and butt plugs. Do you suffer from mass hysteria, not knowing whether to wear a mask or not? Do you suffer from paranoia, constantly in fear of Karens? Do you suffer from anti-laughism, the inability to laugh and smile no matter what happens to you? Well... It's Charles Worthington here with Charles Money Live, where you can have a chahootenanny of a good time. We have everything from current events to a chasorcin' McCarran, where these chicans just be going chug crazy. It's off the hinge. We got Karens going crazy over french fries. We even have Karens that think they have the force. It's insane over here at Chamonix Live. So I appreciate you. Come on down. We got the phone lines. They're always open. We'd love to have you. Side effects may include dizziness, lack of oxygen due to hysterical laughing, and inability to shield off Karens to come within six feet of your decision, expansion of the mind due to the overload of factual information, not fake news, confidence of the lack of bullshit in your life, and the instant ability to become based. For instant help with any of these symptoms, please contact the trauma and outline immediately or seek your closest woke friend who may be able to calm you during your time of transition from sleep to awake. Mr. Mueller, rather than purely relying on the evidence provided by witnesses and documents, I, I think you relied a lot on media. I'd like to know how many times you cited the Washington Post in your report. How many times I what? Cited the Washington Post. <laughs> how many times I what? Mr. Mueller, I'd like to know how many times you cited the Washington Post in your report. Sorry, would I like some toast? No, no, no. How many times did you cite the Washington Post? I'm sorry, at the party, am I a good host? I'm a very good host. No, no, Mr. Muller. How many times, yes, did you cite, yes, yes, the Washington Post? The Washington Host. I, well, I don't know the Washington Host, but I've heard good things about him. There's always lots of hors d'oeuvres. You know, I, I, I remember back when I was a younger man. A younger man, we, we, would host, we would host many soirees. Of course, back then. Of course, back then. Uh, I, was, I was quite debonair. I was a big, big fan with the ladies. The ladies very much enjoyed my company. And uh, myself and the Washington Post would get around town, make, make tremendous friends. And then, of course, I would always be up at the crack of dawn the next day to get the daily news. Because, as you know, in those days, they didn't bring the newspaper to your front door. You would have to go down, to, go down the road to get it yourself. And I would always make sure that I had a sixpence in my pocket to ride the trolley. <laughs> no, Mr. Mullock, how many times did you cite the Washington Post? Oh, the Washington Post, yes. Well, it was a tremendous paper. I remember back in the early days, you could purchase the Washington Post, a cup of coffee, and ride the trolley, all for around four cents. Those were it was a tremendous time to be alive. Post in your report. I, don't have, I, I do not have knowledge of that yeah. uh, figure, but I, I well, that's I, it. I don't have knowledge of that figure. I counted about 60 times. How many times did you cite the New York Times? I counted. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. I counted about. I, I have no idea because I didn't write the fucking thing. Subscribe to the Daily Boogie podcast. It's what Granddad would want.
officer when you're out on the job. Remember your training. You know how to handle this. Don't forget, Smens. This just in. The global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right on. This world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. And shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Uh, coming back. <laughs> Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys, you caught me a little off guard there. How do we? How do we move the needle? on these folks ladies and gentlemen boys and girls second half of the show thank you for joining us as always the daily boogie podcast and yes you saw the commercial there you saw the commercial there during the break char money ladies and gentlemen i will be joining char money on his channel dlive.tv slash chamani should be fun because chamani does a very like family friendly no cussing <laughs> no no controversial topics so i don't i don't know what the hell i'm going to talk about I don't know how I'm going to move the needle on that, but it'll be fun. I, you know what? Contrary to popular belief, I don't just talk about this stuff all the time. <laughs> In fact, since it, actually it's it's great therapy doing a show like this because now that I have this outlet, now that I have this platform, I don't have to talk about this stuff with people at parties and barbecues and shit. I actually hate it when people ask me what I'm talking about because, you know, if people know that you do a podcast, if people know that you do a show, even if it's a small one like this show, and like I'm, I'm happy like where I'm at. I'm, I'm very, very lucky to have such a great audience who, you know, turns up every time we're on and, you know, gets involved and shares the links out and sends me links and all that kind of stuff. I'm very lucky to have that. Most people don't have that, so I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad in any way, shape, or form, but. When people find out that you do have a podcast or whatever, of course, the comment is like, well, so what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't, when I'm not doing the show, I don't really want to talk about it anymore. It's great therapy. It gets it, gets it out of my system. You know, when, because the reason is I spent far too much of my younger years trying to have these conversations with people. You know, I've lost count of the amount of times where it was like, you know, the like what you would imagine when I would say, you know, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever, Boogs. There goes crazy. We love Boogs, but fuck, man. He's so wrong on this stuff. He's such a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> you know? I mean, interestingly, somebody very, 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 very close to me. I'm not going to say who because I'll embarrass them. But somebody very close to me when something recently was happening, I don't know, I think it was like something to do with trans kids or something, I don't know, whatever it was, one of the many topics that I've, you know, brokered conversation on in previous years. And back then, they remembered back then, ah, oh, don't be crazy, you, you, you're such a conspiracy theorist with this stuff. 
And then somebody was telling them about something that was happening. (laughs) And they said, oh my God, Boogs fucking told me this would happen. (laughs) And they told me this story and I was like, eh, eh? And they're like, shut up. (laughs) Shut up. No gloating. (laughs) But it's, it's not hard to read. Like what I've been trying to do on this show from the beginning is, you know, just show people the subtext to these things and show it's really not that hard you know because people make jokes and like oh nostra boogie and stuff it's really there's no there's no trick here you can just see the corporate press if you know how to read the subtext to the corporate press you'll know what the next talking point you'll know what the next plan is like for example the reason that they were pumping out all of these Joe Biden is going to be tough on China stories is because they know that if Joe Biden is inaugurated, then the first point of attack that you're going to use is going to be uh, Joe Biden is compromised by China. So they're already chumming the waters now because they know what you're going to say six months from now. So they're filling the space with all these articles. Joe Biden's tough on China. Joe Biden's going to have a working relationship with China, but not like the erratic Donald Trump. By the way, did you know about Donald Trump's secret Chinese bank account? Right. Why do you think that story's in that? Why do you think they push that ridiculous fucking story out there? It's because they know that you're going to attack on China. So they're getting ahead of the curve. And, you know, James James is in the chat, by the way, at Real Person PLTCS tonight at 11.30 p.m. Eastern, uh, at Real Person PLTCS for private private radio, (laughs) pirate radio with Chris Mack. Uh, I love Chris Mack, by the way. Yeah, check out the Boogie Show. Boogie does his show Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, He's a great patriot. You follow Daily Boogie doing the Daily Boogie Show and you got the Kimmy Show every Thursday, Thursday. So we love Chris Mack here on the Daily Boogie. So he'll be live with Chris Mack about 11.30 tonight, Eastern Time, uh, Aerial Person, PLTCS. And he said in the chat, verbally spent. It gets like that, doesn't it? Because I'm sure you've got the same. You live in fucking Hawaii. I don't know how you manage it. <laughs> Imagine trying to, like, it's hard enough trying to talk politics with people in Sydney. Sydney's a, Sydney's a strange city. Sydney's like a whole bunch of little cities jammed together. Now, where the part of Sydney I live in is like the highest immigrant population in the city. Like it's like 70% immigrant population where I live and I've grown up here. Um, and it's very, very, very labor. Like it's very left wing. But there are other parts of the city that are very conservative, like little enclaves. But overall, the city is a, it's a left wing city of 5 million people. And it's, it's hard enough trying to have conversations with people about politics and stuff like that. Can you imagine in Hawaii trying to do that for the last 10 years, 20 years? <laughs> if people just say, bro, just shut up. I want to I get high and go surfing. <laughs> I don't care. Bro, bro what, are you, bro, what are you telling me about this fucking politics shit for, man? I just want to drink a coconut and go fucking surfing, man. Leave me alone. Fuck. <sighs> Must be hell. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to it. Something that we've tried to tell you about, something that we've tried to talk about for eons and eons on this program. When I've covered uh, CNN and specifically Brian Stelter, remember Brian. Brian's whole ethos is, you know, he's he's got his great 
you know, his great evil, which is Fox News. Now, on this show, we've repeatedly pointed to the facts. That's like on CNN, they accuse Fox News of poisoning the minds of the people, right? See, the, the CNN narrative is to say that Donald Trump sees something on Fox News and then he repeats what he sees on Fox News and then that convinces the people who follow him of whatever Fox News says. This has been what Brian Stelter has been saying for years now. And I've always maintained that that's completely and utterly false. Most Trump supporters do not trust Fox News. In fact, most people, you know, when when they say things like, Donald Trump is attacking the press because, and this is making people hate the corporate media. That's not true. People already hated the corporate media before Donald Trump even ran back in 2015. I remember reading the stats on my live streams back in 2014, 2015, or whatever I was doing then, podcasts, whatever. And the people, the, the trust in the corporate media by outlets like Pew Research, which is considered to be the gold standard of surveys, trust in the corporate press was down into single digits before Donald Trump was even a candidate. Exactly. Jim Edward, Trump just pointed it out. He was just saying what uh, people were already thinking. They already hated the corporate media. But then when he came out and said, you know, fucking fake news, don't trust them. They're terrible people, horrible people. Then they they twisted it around and they said, oh, it's Trump's fault that they all hate us. But this is very interesting now because I'm sure you've I'm sure you've noticed over the last week, Fox News's ratings, aside from probably Tucker Carlson, who I still love, uh, and maybe Sean Hannity, I don't know, but Fox News's ratings have taken a giant nosedive. So I've been sitting here thinking, hmm, how is CNN going to spin this now? Because remember, I this probably isn't a big issue in the in the grand scheme of things when we're talking about recounts and court case or whatever. But you know me, I like to I like to assess the meta game. I like to read the meta game. I like to read what's happening around the fringes because to me that presents the subtext of what their talking points are going to be further down the line, right? And we sh- I think we've done a fair job showing that on this program time after time. Time after time. So I do find it interesting. How is CNN going to spin this now? Because apparently now all of the people, all of the Donald Trump supporters now hate Fox News. But I thought they got, I thought they just believed everything Fox News tells them. How are you going to spin? Because now that's obviously not the case, right? (laughs) Considering all the Trump supporters who were pissed at Fox News for their election night coverage. It seems, oh, it seems that most Trump supporters do not believe everything that Fox News says. Oh, no. Oh, dear. How are we going to fix this? So let me, ladies and gentlemen, allow me to present to you Exhibit A, CNN's new hot take on Fox News. At this point, <laughs> I don't trust Fox News. What? What? The, the fucking beauty of this. Oh, my God. I, I, again, it's probably not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. But the fucking beauty of this is that now, just in order to maintain their narrative, CNN is now going to be defending Fox News after all of these years. They're now, they're now putting things out on their own fucking channel on CNN 
This is how mad they are. They are truly, we are dealing with some really, really dumb people here. Dumb. Capital fucking D. Dumb but programmed. Dumb but they know the process, right? They know the process and the technique of lying with style. But they, they're, not, they're not smart enough to understand it. They just follow it, right? If you follow me. <laughs> so now CNN is putting shit out, videos out on their own channels. Look at these fucking idiots not believing what Fox News says. <laughs> Can you believe these Trump supporters not believing Fox News? Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's, fucking, it's beautiful to me. It's perfect. It couldn't get any more perfect. Have a look. Were you guys Fox News fans up until election night? Or? Um, I, we, no, we've been. We were fading fast. Yeah, we were fading fast. Fox News is. It, 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 we like Tucker. It's crap. Fox News called Arizona way early. <laughs> they never switched it. They never switched it when it got close. Who do you they think is pulling them. Biden's strings? Fox News has been a favorite media outlet for President Trump. I watched Fox it. News has been a favorite media outlet for President Trump. Uh, exactly, Abelita. Pick a side. God damn it. <laughs> Fox and Friends in the morning. We've had some CNN is now in defending Fox News. <laughs> this is indeed a disturbing universe. <laughs> what the hell is happening? I never believed in I never believed in simulation theory. I never did. 2020 may be the year where I'm like, where I sign up to simulation theory. Like, maybe we really are in a simulation. I mean, you got CNN defending fucking Fox News. What the hell is happening? <laughs> what planet am I on? <laughs> Credible strength in terms of people like uh -huh. Sean Hannity. Uh, the great Blue Dobbs. I mean, I like some of the things on Fox. Certainly Sean and Laura. And Tucker's been great lately. And the network's been criticized for being Trump's mouthpiece. Pro-Trump outlets and some of Fox's biggest stars are enabling this alternative reality that claims uh, that the Biden is not president-elect. Iceman, double four, double three with a diamond. Uh, thank you for joining us, Rusty. Follow the Iceman, by the way. DLive.tv slash Iceman, double four, double three. Live every Sunday night, I believe, at 10.30 p.m. During the campaign, as Joe Biden pulled ahead in the polls and was eventually declared the president-elect, many Trump supporters I spoke to said they no longer trust Fox News. Fox News. Why are we getting Irishmen? If, if you can have an Irishman on CNN, why can't I do this? People saying they no longer trust Fox News anymore. I don't even watch the news anymore. I don't even watch Fox anymore. Because they're getting just as bad as the other ones. What's your main source of information? My main source of information is I listen to Alex Jones. Hey! Just what CNN was looking for. If, if some fucking hack journalist with a microphone on a stick wearing a mask, comes up to me at some event and says, what's your main source of information? I would say openly to his face, CNN. <laughs> have you seen, have you seen my pod? Have you heard my podcast? I don't want you to change. I don't want CNN to be different. If, if you change all of a sudden and become, you know, a reputable 
you know, ethically bound source of news, then I lose like 65% of my fucking material. I need you to be this bad. <laughs> Don't ever change. But it's a, it's a loaded question anyway. Don't ever fall for that. You know, because you, the, the only reason that they're asking you that question is so they can attack the source. So don't even bother. Amberlina with the diamond. Gay frog. Gay frogs! <laughs> the only reason that they'll ask you that is because it's about attacking the source, right? What's your main source of information? You shouldn't, you shouldn't have a main source of information. Just take in as much as you can and then filter out the shit. Take in as much as you can. You as much as you can. Use discernment, a bit of common sense. If you don't understand something, try to learn a little bit about it. And through the through the you know through the act of osmosis, you know, just filter out what you need, and and there you have it. Like, just don't don't be a source Nazi. But whenever you go on like Twitter or social media or something, and if you put your opinion, and your opinion might have your opinion might be gleaned from two dozen sources. You might have just been watching as much as you can and observing and you know taking your time and go after a while go okay look i've been listening to all this my particular opinion on this is x here's my take and then somebody's going to jump in your feed and say what's your main source of information for the purpose of when you put a reply then they're just going to bring up all of the examples of why that source was wrong that's all they're doing it for so don't bother Somebody says, what's your main source of information? Say, you sh nobody should have a main source of information. Just take as much as you fucking can from, any, from wherever you can get it and filter out the shit. If you've got a main source of information, that means that you have one outlet which can control you. Don't, don't, don't be that easy. Take it from wherever you can. On that, ladies and gentlemen, you know... I, the, the, the line from the late, great um, Christopher Hitchens, ladies and gentlemen, was something like, don't find, don't find, what is it? Don't find safety. Don't find solace in the safety blanket of false consensus. Something like that. Don't think you're safe just because everybody around you agrees with you. Don't think you're right just because everyone agrees with you. But, you know, do what you fucking want, really. I don't care. But <laughs> that's what I do, so. Uh, this is you know now it's getting to a it's getting to crisis levels now for Brian because people are now turning off Fox News after you've been told for the last four years that all the Donald Trump supporters just worship Fox News and he repeats what's on Fox News and every every opinion that they have comes directly from Fox News they now have to spin it in a way because people apparently are no longer watching Fox News so how do you accuse them of watching too much Fox News when they're fucking turning it off I don't know it's a tricky job that Brian's got on his hands. But that's only on the television. You also now have this social media thing happening where uh, Parler has been the top app on Apple. I'm surprised it's still on Apple, by the way. <laughs> I wonder how long it's going to be before people are paid to go on Parler to say that they're KKK members so Apple can take it off the Apple store. <laughs> how long until some organization pays a whole bunch of people to make Parler accounts where it's like, yeah, let's burn all the people and then they'll be like well we've got to take parlor off the store it's full of hate speech see look here 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 and here done get rid of it <laughs> don't be surprised if that happens so you've got you know parlors at the top of the list and people are going away from youtube and twitter and stuff and this is a problem this is a problem for brian stelter <laughs> as i'll let him explain himself actually before we do how about we do one of these it's time for another edition of 
Brian. Well, instead of publicly focusing on the pandemic or a stimulus or the presidential transition today, uh -huh. President Trump is taking on Fox News. How As you see right he? here, retweeted. How, how dare he criticize Fox News? Why would he be taking on Fox News? Fox News. Here on CNN, we believe that Fox oh, News always tells the truth. Hello. Rambling again. You've worked hard. Take a lull break and listen to this Cardi B WAP cover. <laughs> okay. LOL. <laughs> Okay, thank you very much, Minister of Fun Kimmy. I'll get to that clip uh, towards the end of the show. Thank you so much. Let's carry on here with Brian. Days old replies bashing the channel and suggesting that Fox is to blame for his defeat. Joining me now, CNN Chief Media Correspondent oh, Brian. He looks so serious, doesn't he? Brian Stilter. Brian Stilter. The hard hitting news. The news you need to hear. Look at that face. Oh, wouldn't argue with that, would you? Woohoo! Tough boy, Brian. <laughs> he looks so. He's, he looks so damn serious. He's got the hot scoop. He's got the hot goss off the press. Oh dear. Well, he's he's certainly got my attention. <laughs> I wouldn't want to disappoint that guy. Holy cow! Stelter, anchor of reliable sources. Uh -huh. Uh, Brian, this we're in, this country is in a crisis right now. Uh, just looking at the coronavirus alone, it's a crisis. Why is the president doing this? Why is he focused? Why is he doing this? Why is he doing all of these things? I said before, uh, you know, in the first half of the show, if you missed it, let's just say, for argument's sake, that. Joe Biden will be inaugurated in January. I fully expect Donald Trump to make life as difficult as possible for the incoming transition team. Why? Because we're grown-ups and that's what politicians do. If someone comes and tells you that it's the responsibility of the outgoing party to make life easy and help help the guys coming in, like this is somehow part of the deal. Ring the bell either, and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, Amberlina. They're either incredibly naive or incredibly dishonest because that just doesn't happen. At which point somebody will refer to you to a video of Barack Obama sitting next to Donald Trump saying, my main aim, my main aim is to make sure that the transition goes as smoothly as possible. And like, yes, that's what politicians say to cameras. Are we still trying to figure this out? That sometimes what politicians say to cameras is not necessarily what politicians do when the cameras are off. Are we still working on this basic 101 level shit? Have you, have you still not figured that out yet? Oh my. N now you know why I don't bother having discussions at barbecues anymore. <laughs> Because if people aren't smart enough to even understand that, if people can't even understand that as a fundamental building block of the rest of their knowledge tree, then what the fuck are we talking about here? Let's just, how about this? You won't go wrong if you start this way. Just assume that politicians are lying most of the time. And you'll be far better off. Far better off. Don't, don't make the, um, don't make it your job to prove the politicians are lying. Make it their job their job to prove to you that they're telling the truth. Make it that way. Start from that and then see how you go. You'll be you'll be far better served. Focused on Fox in the midst of what this country is going through right now. Yeah, he is uh, tweeting more about Fox News than yeah. about COVID. It shows his 
I'm, my name's Brian Stelter. I believe in the real news, which is why I get paid six figures to follow Donald Trump's tweets and then say things about it. <laughs> He's been tweeting about Fox News. <laughs> There's 80 million people who could do that job, Brian. Why are you there? What would you say you do here? What would you say you do here, Brian? <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying to figure out why he has a car space. You know, I've been I've been noticing President Trump has been tweeting all morning about Fox News. Yes, so have about five hundred million other assholes. Where's the Where's the scoop? Where's the story here? How does he get this job? I don't know. It's his five stages of grief, and it signals the five stages of grief. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's why we hired Brian. Oh, that's right, because he's ridiculous. That he is still in the anger phase. He is uh, angry at Fox and psycho. Brian Stelter, psychologist, political psychologist, Brian Stelter. Donald Trump right now is. Remember, this is the real news. This is real news. This is just factual reporting. This is what we do here. Purely factual reporting. Donald Trump is currently experiencing the five stages of grief. The first one being denial. That's why he's tweeting about Fox News. <laughs> Here on here on CNN, we just deal with the facts. And so are some of Fox's loyal viewers. Ah. They are angry that Fox called Arizona for Biden early on. Uh-huh. They are angry that Fox is rightly identifying Biden as the president-elect. Oh, Fox is doing such a good job, Brian. Yes. <laughs> Breaking. Brian Stelter defends Fox News. What the hell is happening here? Is this a parallel universe? What the hell is going on? You know, Fox News is just so damn ethical. Fox News, I just want to say that Fox, I've always liked Fox News. I've always thought that Fox News does a tremendous job. I told you, it's bizarre. Now CNN is coming out and defending Fox News, where for the last four years, they've told you that if you don't agree, if you don't hate Donald Trump, it's because Fox News has poisoned your brain into liking him. If you don't trust CNN, it's because Fox News has poisoned your mind into not trusting CNN. And now at the drop of a fucking hat, within a week, it's now the story is now turned. No, no, no. Fox News is doing a wonderful job. They're truth tellers. <laughs> How can anybody take you seriously? Honestly. Exactly. Marcus Flembrain, this is the news. <laughs> We're watching the news here. This is the news. Don't you like the news? And so Trump and some of his fans are, are, are lashing out on social Lash, media. Lashing uh, out. Pimble, this has always been a marriage of convenience. Between- see, see uh, again, you, you, I know I say this a lot, but it's a sentence-to-sentence relationship that you have to have with reading the subtext here. There are a multitude of words that Brian, if he was being a reporter, right, if you were being, see, if I'm in that position right now, I would say that, you know, multitudes of Donald Trump fans are being critical of Fox News. Right? Critical. That's a, that's an adult word that I would use. Because I think that's fair. That's factual. There are a lot of Donald Trump fans who are being critical, but he doesn't use that term. What does he say? He says, 
fans of Donald Trump are lashing out. Because what's the insinuation with lashing out, right? It's like what a baby would do. It's like throwing throwing toys out of the cot. You're lashing out. And lashing out infers that it's not fair, that it's unreasonable, right? You're lashing out. You're being hysterical. You're being overly emotional. You're lashing out like a jilted lover. They've, they've, you know, they've betrayed you and you feel hurt by this. Therefore, you're lashing out. Like I said, if it was me, I would say, well, they're being critical. But that's not what Brian does. Between Rupert Murdoch and Donald Trump, it's always uh-huh. been a marriage of convenience. Yes. Certainly uh, both sides are saying hurtful words right now, but it is still a marriage. Trump might be threatening to see other people, but this- Brian, Brian is essentially just the television version. He is a fat, balding version of Keemstar. That's his job. He's, cover- he's, covering, he's covering corporate media drama. Drama alert. With Brian Stelter. So if you don't know Keemstar, he's this guy on YouTube who, I've never watched it, but apparently he, you know, he if two YouTubers are having a fucking pissing contest, he makes a show out of it. And he's like, oh, look at this. And then this guy said this on Twitter. And then he did a video where he called the other guy a piece of shit. And then this guy called the other guy a motherfucker and said, I have sex with your mother. And, you know, this is what Brian Stelter does on corporate media. He is a fat, balding Keemstar. Well, Rupert Murdoch said this, and then Donald Trump tweeted that, and then Tucker Carlson said this on his show, and this led to drama. He could be... After CNN, I would, it wouldn't surprise me if Brian Stelter got a job working at Entertainment Tonight. That's about the level he's at. That's acceptable for Brian. He would fit right in. Doing celebrity gossip stories, who said what, who tweeted what... He calls him he calls himself a media analyst. <laughs> CK Benzoda in the chat. Bloody Aussie sounds like a Tardo Brit, but I like him. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> I do what I can. Thank you so much, mate. <laughs> Let's carry on with Brian. This is still a marriage. Trump is also promoting it's Sean a marriage. Hannity, sharing clips that he likes on Fox, so it's complicated and divorce could be down the road, but not yet. Listen to this fucking idiot. Even even the female host is like, <laughs> look at her, look at her face. <laughs> you know, you know, as soon as the camera feed was cut, she was like, why do we bring this fucking moron on my show anyway? <laughs> what does he contribute here? How long's Brian been here? Whose dick is he sucking to get this job? Jesus Christ. My 15-year-old daughter could report on what happens on Twitter. Why are we paying this idiot? All of those thoughts are going through her brain right now as she makes that face. <laughs> Brian Stelter, the real news. He's professional. He's hard-hitting. Right. He he seems to like the opinion hosts right. like uh, Sean Handy more than the, the actual like the, the straightforward news. news journalists. Exactly. Yes. And you're trapped. Straightforward news journalists as, as though there was such a thing. As though such a job existed now in 2020. There is no such thing as a straightforward news journalist anymore. If you find a straightforward news journalist, they've probably already been accused of Nazism. <laughs> it's just the way it goes now. 
There's too much editorialising in all of these quote-unquote straightforward news stories. I mean, fuck me dead. Brian's sitting there with that shit-eating grin when she's talking about straightforward news journalists. He was just describing that, in his opinion, Donald Trump is going through the five stages of grief. Which is, what, which is how he explains his Twitter lashing out at Fox News. He, Brian, Brian is nowhere near a straightforward news reporter. He'll tell you that he is, and people will believe it because most people are stupid. But that's not the case. Tracking other right-wing media outlets, what patterns are you seeing among yeah, his voters? Yeah. Oh, we're doing pattern recognition. <laughs> that's a very dangerous question in the wrong hands, isn't it? Brian, tell us what patterns you're noticing in the media right now. Um. <laughs> um. Oh dear. <laughs> many of us have fallen. Many of us have brothers who have fallen on the social media battlefield when asked that question. <laughs> They've been dragged off with arms and legs blown off. Do you notice any patterns in the media? Um. That's a, that's a minefield. Don't go walking out there on that one. Keep that one to yourself, kids. Yeah, well, when I refer to a divorce, that's because there are other suitors out there. There are ah. these smaller right-wing channels right -wing like News channel. Max and One America News. Here we go. Are further to the right than Fox News. Really? And Trump is promoting those channels right now. Newsmax has seen an extraordinary surge in viewership, still a lot lower than CNN or Fox, but this was a channel that had 50,000 viewers before the election, and now sometimes it has half a million viewers. Wow. There's clearly an audience out there uh, for a channel that is... I can't believe that Brian is legitimately sitting there saying so much. They have far less viewers than Fox at half a million. Half a million people do not watch Brian Stelter. He might be around the 200,000 mark, if he's lucky. Might be. But it's the, it's the chutzpah, isn't it? Oh, they're so much smaller than CNN. They only get half a million people watching. Tune in to Brian Stelter, Reliable Sources. Who's watching that? Have you noticed CNN never talks about their own ratings? Right? They never mention their own ratings. You know why? Because they're always fucking last. <laughs> if CNN topped the ratings on anything in any time slot... That would be all they talk about, how much people love them, how much people trust them. CNN makes the news about themselves. So, oh, God, everybody's watching CNN because they respect us because we're truth tellers, because we're so ethical. <laughs> Look at all of our fantastic ratings. The reason they never mention the ratings on CNN is because they always come fucking last. <laughs> Let's carry on. So far right that they deny Biden is the president-elect. So far right. they promote right. voter fraud innuendo all day long. And so some Fox fans are going off to other channels instead. And it is possible after Inauguration Day that Trump may do the same, whether he wants to launch a streaming service, host a radio show, mm -hmm. or go off to a channel like Newsmax. There continues to be a lot of chatter about what his future media platform might be. Could he end up with a show on Fox News? Well... It's not out of the realm of possibility, but there are definitely other options for this outgoing president, and that's something to really keep an eye on. I think big picture, Pamela, here's the concerning uh, trend line here. Okay. People are going... I want, now tell us the concerning trend line. I want to know what's concerning, Brian, because you know what? All jokes aside, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, 
I care about Brian. I only want what's best for him. I want him to be comfortable. I want everybody to have a long, happy, comfortable, peaceful life. And I wish the same for Brian too. So if Brian is concerned about something, then I'm concerned about something. As as a good human being, or at least, uh, let's just say a human being. Let's not push it. (laughs) But as a human being, from one human being to another, allegedly, I want Brian, if, if, if something's on his mind, I want to know. Because maybe we can address it here on this show. Let's have a look. Going more and more into their own echo chambers, oh. mm-hmm. more and more into so their own say. bubbles, especially Trump voters. There's this new social media app called Parler getting a lot of attention because conservatives are leaving, saying they're leaving Twitter and Facebook, going off to Parler because they believe Parler is a safer space for them. Oh. What we're seeing is even more of a bunker mentality in right-wing media. And ultimately, that's not good for the country. (laughs) She, She looks incredibly confused there, doesn't she? Remember, we played on this show, we played on this show, the clip from Don Lemon on CNN, on his own CNN program. Do you remember this? It was probably like back in April or Feb, something like somewhere around there. It was early in the year. We played the clip from Don Lemon on CNN where he said, and you know, I'm going to paraphrase here, I wish they would hurry up and get off Twitter. and make their own space. Because this is fantastic to me. This is perfect to me. Because you have been banned. You have been kicked off. You're not allowed, right? You're not allowed to post things. Certain links don't go through. They don't want you there until you leave. And now that you're leaving, they're like, hang on, this is a threat to democracy. Well, Twitter is a private company. Twitter is a private company. So if you don't believe that a private company can uh, make their own rules and kick off whoever they want, then maybe you should go and start your own Twitter. Okay. So people go off and start their own Twitter. Brian Stilter then comes on CNN. Uh, what we see here is where people are making their own versions of Twitter. They're, this is actually a threat to democracy. <laughs> Because that's the reality, isn't it? They don't actually want you to leave Twitter. They want you to be there and conform. That's what they really want. Ideally. They don't want competition in the social media space. They want everybody being in the same place so they can direct all of their all of their you know ammo to the same place, and they just, they just don't want you being active there. They just want you being a passive listener, right? And so after four years of being told it's a private company, you've got no right to complain. They can ban whoever they want. If you don't like it, go and make your own Twitter. So then people are like, you know what? Let's go and make our own Twitter. And then they're like, you can't leave. This is a threat to democracy. <laughs> this is literally tearing the country apart. 
You need to be back here. You need to stay here now. <laughs> By the way, you can find me on Parlour at Boogie Bumbo. Of course. I think I was on Parlour in like 2018. It was, a new, it was a new platform popped up. I'm like, yep, sign me up. I don't care. Whatever. Like I said, don't have one source. Don't have one source. Just take as much information as you can from as many sources as possible. Absorb whatever you can. <laughs> I mean, all these people leaving Twitter is a... that That is the hottest take of hottest takes that I've ever seen. People leaving Twitter to go to new social media platforms is, quote, a threat to democracy. Brian Stelter. With that, ladies and gentlemen, that might be a good place to wrap it up for another week. Thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, on this Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Uh, thank you to everyone who contributed tonight on DLive. Let me open that chest up for y'all right now. Don't forget tonight, uh, so much going on. Coffee Talk with Sandra should be on at some point. You'll also have the great Irrational Times, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody's favourite lover of French women, Mersh. Uh, at Real Person PLTCS with Pirate Radio with Chris Mack. Uh, Joy of Pessy doing higher learning at around midnight Eastern. And I myself will be joining Charmoney on Charmoney's family-friendly program in, I think, about three hours from now. DLive.tv slash Charmoney. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Something we've been trying to do for a long, 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 long time. I'm looking forward to having a chat with my bro, Charmoney, on his show. Don't forget to follow our other friends. Sunday Night Shit Show, JJ Stoner, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, who else we got? Iceman4433 tomorrow night. Winning TV at 8pm. DLive.tv slash winning TV. Why Censored Kimmy. Uh, who else have I missed? I think that's everyone. I think that's all of them. Uh, oh, Victor Von Schroom, of course. Don't forget the Victor Show. And anyone else I may have forgotten. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to say that my Twitter account is a threat to democracy, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Until Monday night, ladies and gentlemen, at 6pm when we return, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>